Our scripture lesson this morning is the story of the woman at the well, and it's found in the fourth chapter of John. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard, Jesus is making and baptizing more disciples than John, although it was not Jesus himself, but his disciples who baptized, he left Judea and started back to Galilee. But he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water. This is the word of God for the people of God. Hi, everyone. What a crazy week this has been. I'm sure a lot of you are feeling ungrounded, uh, worried, um, wondering what's going on in the world, wondering what's going to happen. Uh, I am as well. So let's, uh, let's take a deep breath uh, together. I don't have a crystal ball, of course, to know what's going to happen, but I do know that uh, this is a time that calls for level heads and open hearts. And I also know that there are some uh, positive things that are going to happen and that are happening and for a sermon, uh, I think we ought to use some of this time to balance um, all the bad news that we're getting with uh, some reminders of other things that are happening that are important. So one of those things that I believe is happening is that we're all becoming much more grateful for what we have uh, and the people in our lives. You know the old adage that um, you don't know what you've got until it's gone is certainly true. And that that is whether we're talking uh, fresh strawberries in the produce aisle, or uh, for some of you, March Madness, um, or worshiping together in church. These things that we, we count on and that can, we just assume are going to be there, um, when they're not, it also reminds us how precious uh, they are to us. So I'm really hopeful that this is a time, uh, almost a kind of reset for us as, as a community uh, to appreciate uh, just how precious uh, these things are for us. Second, this is also a time for us to show who we really are. Um, as a society, as Americans, as Christians, um, there's so much that divides us, you know, politically and um, uh, religiously, ethnically, uh, and we sometimes uh, don't uh, have an accurate view of our neighbors and strangers around us. Uh, I think this is going to be a time that's not going to bring out the worst in us, but the best in us as we reach out to neighbors and friends and family members um, come together. But for that to happen, 
we're going to have to do something, and that's what I want to talk about in this sermon. So I want to start with our scripture lesson that Amanda read for us, The Woman at the Well. Now, for Lent, we're doing uh, a series on elemental theology. Um, You remember that? Um, (laughs) Do you remember Lent? Uh, It feels like a lifetime ago that we were working on this series. Uh, And back then, we were thinking about this Sunday as the element of water that we would use, which certainly seems appropriate now that we're all washing our hands uh, 20 times a day. But today I want to focus not so much on the water, but on the well. Uh, this, this well in the story has special significance. Uh, the story tells us that in this Samaritan town called Sychar, there is a well at the center of the town uh, called Jacob's Well. And you'll remember that Jacob had 12 sons and they became the 12 tribes of Israel. And the Samaritans and the Jews all came from one of these tribes. Uh, and so Jacob is a kind of common uh, ancestor to them all, to the Samaritans and the Jews. But at some point uh, in history, long before Jesus, there was a split, and there's a great deal of bad blood between them, especially in the days of Jesus. So Jesus and this woman, you know, they grew up being taught to hate one another, and here they are talking, right? Uh, first of all, to even have Jesus talking to a woman at all in public in broad daylight like this uh, was frowned upon. And the fact that he's talking to a Samaritan woman, uh, well, it certainly surprises her. It, it appalls the disciples. They don't understand it. They're supposed to be enemies and see each other as threats, uh, competitors. And I just love this image of them sitting here at the site of, of what they share in common. Uh, this ancestor that represents in this, in this image uh, that they underneath have much more in common than they have apart. And that's what we need more of today. Um, my wife, Laura, she was at Costco this week, and she said it was, it was pretty surreal. You know, uh, she's walking down the aisles and there's hardly anything on the shelves. And, and you know, at Costco, you know, that's a site I think we, we never thought we would see. And she said as she's pushing, you know, her huge cart around, eyeing the the last of the frozen lasagnas with everyone, uh, she felt something shifting in her. Uh, People seemed a little little colder, a little ruder. um, And and there was this this quality of almost being in competition with each other for for what's left there at at the store. and I can certainly relate to that. I imagine a lot of us can relate to how quickly that can happen for us. Um, and in fearful times like these, when especially the scarcity is right there, right on the shelves, on the empty shelves in front of us, um, what this does is triggers something in our brain, uh, the amygdala uh, in the back of our brain. Uh, the fear triggers uh, these impulses that releases a lot of adrenaline for us. and. Uh, Good things happen from this. That's why we're all able to, you know, we're on high alert right now. We're able to read lots of articles. We're, we're stocking up uh, the shelves that led to the, the empty shelves at the store. Um, we're preparing and, and, and getting ready to, to go through this unknown time. Um, but there's a dangerous side when that fear uh, triggers in the back of our brains because what happens is it overrides other parts of our brain other parts like the centers for compassion and empathy. Um, so in other words, 
literally, like biochemically, it's harder to care for people right now if they're not in our inner circle. Uh, our bodies aren't set up to do that right now. Uh, so people can look more threatening to us than they are. Um, underlining, uh, underlying racism that I think we all have within us, uh, that's, that's more likely to come to the surface when we're in this kind of survival mode. And it can bring out the worst in us. But if we can keep this fear in check, um, this can be a time that brings out the very best in us. And so my invitation to you and um, my challenge to you is that when you fear, feel this uh, fear response coming on, and there's, there's so many chances for it uh, right now, I invite you to remember this image of Jacob's well and Jesus and this woman who should be afraid of each other and hate each other, um, coming together in this physical place that they have a shared commonality. Because we all have much more in common, uh, even with people that look very different from us. They are human too. Uh, they're worried about all of this too. They, they have uh, family and children at home maybe. Uh, they have a, a sick relative who's, whose health is compromised and especially worried about them. Uh, they all, we all want uh, to be healthy and safe and at peace. And, um, you know, we all laugh and cry uh, about the same things. We all like good food and, and we have favorite TV shows. We, have, we, we are so much more uh, similar. And it's times like these when we have to remember that there's a real person and a child of God standing there in front of us. Um, and I think the best way to help us do this on a daily basis uh, is to pray. And I'm gonna invite you to every morning spend three minutes praying for our world. Um, so besides anyone else, the, the people in your life that you love that you would uh, pray for, I wanna ask that you spend a few minutes every day praying for people you don't know. Uh, you know, for people across the world and across Denver that you'll never meet and hold them in the light and the love uh, of God. And I promise you, uh, besides the mystery of what that does in the world and what God does with our prayers, um, it will change you. It will uh, help you to see the world differently and it will help you uh, to be your best self. And we need you to be your best self right now. You know, we can't physically go out into the world in the same way right now, but we can send our heart out into the world. We can take this time in the morning or in the evening and, and touch the world with our compassion and our love. And that's a gift that, that not only we give to the world, but that gift comes back to us by helping us to feel more centered and calm and at peace. I want to close with a poem that a few of you have sent to us now. It's a lovely poem that someone wrote very recently um, called Pandemic. And uh, you might use it as part of your, your morning prayers. So this is Pandemic by Lynn Ungar. What if you thought of it as the Jews consider the Sabbath the most sacred of times? Cease from travel, Cease from buying and selling. 
give up just for now on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing, pray, touch only those to whom you commit your life, center down. And when your body has become still, reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. You could hardly deny it now. Know that our lives are in one another's hands. Surely that has come clear. Do not reach out your hands. Reach out your heart. Reach out your words. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. Promise the world your love, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, as long as we both, as long as we all, shall live. God's peace be with all of you and upon your houses and your homes and your loved ones. Amen.